Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. There we go. We got a nice, crisp can opening here of the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. And again, thank you all for tuning in. got another great episode. I know I always say that, but... I mean, really, thank you to all the guests that join the podcast because every one of the guests is what makes it great, right? You all want to hear about what the guests want to say, not particularly what I want to say. So this time, another great guest, Jody Quinn. I mean, this guy is awesome. One of my favorite anglers, in my opinion. I mean, top of the game right now when you're talking about the best anglers, kayak anglers competing around in tournament scenes. I mean, you, you got to start off the list with Jody Quinn, right? He's been doing it for so long and it's always been so consistent. I'm sorry. So I'm really excited to have him on. I've listened to some of the interviews he's done both on the KBN and the Reel Down when they do a big win, when he has a big win and kind of reviews what he did of it. I mean, I learned so much from Jody Quinn just listening. I could listen to Jody Quinn talk about fishing all day and gather so much information. His breakdown of what he did in the Susquehanna River, not just this year, but the last year, see last, you know, last season at the at the Hobie BOS, or it was a KBF, one of those two. But anyways, Susquehanna, I think it's pretty much Hobie BOS. Last year, 2020. He won it in 2021 as well, defended the title. But that breakdown on that podcast that he did of how he won it, I thought it was podcast gold. Like if you really want to learn kayak fishing or fishing in general, go look up uh, uh, Jody Quinn on any podcast. Um, we're also going to talk about his YouTube channel that he's starting. I, I'm again, a lot of information that if you want to learn and get better, you're going to really love his YouTube channel. Before we get into Jody Quinn, I wanted to give a shout out to um, Christine Fisher. Go follow her on Midwestern Fishing Gal, Gal, I think that's the name of her um, social media. She did a post on, I saw it on Facebook. I'm assuming it's going to be on, on, on her Instagram as well. But she did a post, I think today, 
Um, again, today is, what is it today? Uh, today is Thursday, October 21st. But what I want to talk about that, and should you shout out to her, is what I think every one of us should be doing. Um, and especially persons like myself that have a podcast and are trying to promote the sport and we are very protected of the community and the growth of the sport. What she did is she highlighted the positive things that are going on in kayak fishing right now, which happens every day, which is the majority of the things that happen in kayak fishing. And she highlighted some of the persons. She made specific um, comments of some of the great things they're done and they're doing. And I think that's very important because oftentimes, and even I'm guilty of it with my podcast, we don't like it when people do go about things what we feel are the wrong way and it's not healthy for the kayak fishing community. And after time, we either blog about it, say it on the podcast, and we single them out. We single out the negative stuff we see because we're protective of this, you know. But we really, what we really should be doing, all of us, is instead of... Um, focusing on the negative stuff, which is really a small percentage of what goes on, and on the negative people, which again, it's very small percentage of the people in the kayak fishing community. We should be highlighting the great stuff that goes on, the the selfless actions, um, the great camaraderie, and we should highlight the people that are promoting that because that's going to inspire us to do better instead of giving promotions kind of like by accident of the negative stuff and maybe uh, negative people that might be involved in the kayak fishing community. And again, that's from our perspective. You know, I'm not saying anybody in the kayak fishing community is negative or it's bad. It's just sometimes we have different feelings about how things are handled. But overall, that's the message that I think she's trying to convey. And I think she did it wonderfully. Highlight what you like about the kayak fishing community, highlight the persons that you feel are building the kayak fishing community. That's it. And we're going to bring our next guest, Jody Quinn. Before that, thank you to my sponsor, Douglas Rod. Go check out douglasrodsoutdoors.com for their full lineup of LRS rods, X-Matrix rods, and award-winning fly fishing rods. We'll go to a quick commercial, and then we'll bring Jody Quinn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mr. Jody Quinn, how are you, sir? Hey, guys. How's it going? Honored to have you on my podcast, man. Oh, man. My honor to be here. Thank you. You're one of those people that I think is a great ambassador to the sport. Um, you're very talented, and you have tons of information, like I said on my intro, that I think really people can really benefit from 
learning and becoming a better angler and being a great gentleman on or uh, or lady on the water. So thank you for joining us. Um, it's my, my pleasure, dude. And, uh, you know, to what you're saying about, you know, I like to see people catch fish. And, you know, I know what works for me. I don't know what works for everybody, but, uh, you know, I don't care to put it out there, you know, uh, how I catch fish and maybe, you know, somebody will stumble onto something that they can use. But, yeah, I, you know, that's and, and that goes back to growing the sport like you were talking too. I mean, the more people who uh, – uh, get into the sport the better off the sport is i think you know uh, so we just try to you know we try to share information and try to get it out there for people to use and and you know, who knows maybe somebody will uh, pick it up and say hey i want to try this you know and get into this tournament scene uh, but it's not all tournament scene there's an ambassador clubs through kdf that you can get into uh, you know there's there's all kinds of things that we have three series now with the, with the BOS and KBF and, and bass right now. So there's a lot of choices out there. Once you want to make that turn, uh, bass has a, has the kayak bass nation. So there's a lot of ways now to, uh, to get into the sport. And, and we have a lot, you know, it's nice to have those choices. It tells us that the, that the sport is growing. Yeah, that's true. And one of the things that, uh, that I mentioned on the, that I failed to mention on the intro on that same post that, uh, Christian Fisher, was talking about the great action specifically about geo um uh, guillermo gonzalez which i mean everyone that's involved in kayak fishing in the tournament scene knows how much guillermo gonzalez means to us not only you know off on the water but off the water he's the guy's just a great human being and we're so so lucky to have him involved in our sport i think he 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 lives um the the kayak fishing community leading by actions and that's great but she also mentioned the importance of the KBF National Championship, which I know some people feel like, oh, everybody can qualify. As I've always said, the, the National Championship, we have to appreciate it for what it is and not right. judge it by what it's not. And what it is, it's a great tool. It's, it's, it's very important for the growth of the sport. Yes. When you look at the Hobie TOS, which I personally want to be a part of next year, or right. the Hobie BOS and qualify the TOC. I yeah. want to do it because I want to fish against you, Guillermo, Russ Niders, you and yeah. Miners, Brian Howells, and kind of measuring stick and see how I do and iron sharpens iron. You know, if I'm on the water and I can talk to you after the tournament and I can get some tips for you, that's going to help me yeah. um, better. Just so I don't necessarily think that I'm going to beat anybody, but just, you know, surrounding yourself by greatness on the water it's going to make you a better angler. Having said that, it's hard, you know, to qualify for the TOC. It, yeah. It's probably the hardest, most demanding tournament out there. It's what really separates, you can't say the guy, uh, the boys from the men now because we have girls yeah. fishing too. So I want to say from the adults, from the children, in the right. sense that it's very competitive. Yes. But what the NC does for KBF, it lets those persons that are great anglers just don't have the time because of family commencement and work to travel but fish their local waters and qualify and get a chance to compete at least for one week to compete with you guys and yep. you know make a name for themselves and i think that is so important for the growth of this sport that national championship although it may not have the glamour of the um bass nation characters national championship or you know or the hobie toc it does uplift everyone that kind of want to takes part in this community 
And that's awesome because if we all try to, if everybody tries to, from the get-go, go into the Hobie TLC, it's going to be a lot of frustrations. You know, that takes time to be yeah. able to compete with uh, the names like yourself and everybody out there. And you can easily get frustrated, you know, having that investment and, and not winning. So I really appreciate what KBF has done with the national championship. Yeah. And I think you can't understate how important it is for the growth of the community. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that if you ask anybody in, in, in the you know administration of KBF, they will tell you, you know, that, that tournament is meant to show where the sport is going and mm -hmm. it, it's it's inclusive. Uh, you know, what KBF is going to do, I don't know if you're aware of this, in the next next year or so, we're going to start building a, a like a pro tour uh, or an elite series, uh, kind of like MLF, and it's going to be a lot harder to, to get into that. But we'll always have, you know, qualification through ambassador clubs and KBF and stuff like that. So there's there's pathways, you know, and, and the NC was just, you know, if you'd never been to a, a kayak tournament and to see that stage and, the, you know, and all the food and, and, and all the vendors and, and stuff like that, I mean, it's it's a big deal for someone, you know, who has never yeah. – it was a big deal for me because I think it's one of the better uh, uh, NCs that I've been to. Uh, it's my favorite. But, uh, yeah, and the TOC is – is what it is. It's set up. It's, you know, tournament of champions. So, you know, to qualify, you have to either uh, finish like top 20 in the, in the BOS season, or you have to uh, top 20% or you have to win a tournament. And, and mm -hmm. as you know, um, and, and everybody knows this, it's hard to win a tournament. Yeah. Everybody gets out there and just say, I'm going to go win that tournament. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's more of an elite, uh, series you know that's out there with that and bass nation you can qualify through uh some some local partner clubs that they have uh in the bass nation kayak series so you know i think there's room for these elite series now i think that mm -hmm. uh, all three series you know which hobie's already doing it uh, i think that kbf is going to do it i think that bass you know the bass is going to have a uh, eventually might have a separate uh like an elite series also. I, I don't know. It might be further down the road. I would like to see it. Yeah. But uh, there are, in this sport, maybe 100 anglers who consistently, or maybe less, maybe 50 anglers, who, who are always, you know, in that top, like Guillermo and, and, and Matt Scotch and, and Corey Dryers and, and the, you know, uh, uh, Cody Milton. There's, there's yeah. a lot. Of, of those guys who finished because Russ Snyder's is another one and they're all great ambassadors for the sport but they are what I consider some of the elite anglers in the sport and I think that since the sport has grown so much we have a place for that now we have those anglers in line and those anglers who can uh, actually be called elites you know because of their records and stuff so so I think it's time. I think it's time that they branch out and, and form something like that for those anglers uh, to fish. Now you can still qualify for those elite series, but it's like you say, it's, it's kind of hard to do. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it's exciting to see where the sports is growing and being able to take part of this, you know, at kind of still the infancy stages of the kayak fishing tournament is exciting to see it grow. 
and be a part of it, you know, for one way for the other where we're doing a podcast or we're actually competing like you're doing yourself. And also um, uh, social media content, which is always kind of hard when you're a tournament angler, also have a social media. We see how many um, great social media content creators out there, but not necessarily translate into kayak uh, fishing success at an elite level. Yeah. Now, you're starting your own YouTube channel, and I think that's yeah. awesome because, like I said on my intro, I've listened to that breakdown. One of my favorite ones was that breakdown you did last year for the Susquehanna River. Oh, yeah. where you, I think you were using, uh, you were changing the the willow blade on yep. the um, yeah. uh, for yeah. a Colorado blade on clear yeah. water, which is yeah. kind of goes against the conventional um, yeah. knowledge out there. So I thought that was podcast gold. I was like, man, it's a ton of information. <laughs> but translating that now into your YouTube channel, I mean. Tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel and what can people expect? So my YouTube channel, it says Jody Queen Fishing, but it's going to be like a, a hodgepodge of, of information on different things like uh, techniques, tactics, breaking down water. It's, there's going to be a uh, recaps of tournaments uh, and just general knowledge. But it's also going to have, uh, you know, what I do in my off time, and I say off time, but it, I'm busy all the time. I'm also <laughs> the the vice president of Gary Bowling's House of Art, which is a uh, a nonprofit organization that we have set up to help our local artists in Appalachia get us kind of a springboard into the the, the art world. Uh, and I, I myself am a resident artist here, and uh, so my, I'm gonna bring my artwork into it. I'm also a musician, and so it's gonna be it's going to encompass a lot about my life and what I do uh, outside of fishing. Also, it'll mostly be fishing, but there'll be a few things in there, you know, that just kind of spice it up a little bit. So, uh, but I love sharing information, uh, you know, and a lot of people, you know, I was at a tournament, uh, I think it was KBF tournament and the guys come up after me and said, man, why are you sharing all that information? I mean, I, I gave specific areas where I was fishing, but you know, that stuff comes out. I mean, I've had people follow me to ramps. I've had, you know, people, they tend to find out where you're fishing anyway. So mm. until that starts hurting me and, and, my, and my chances, I'm going to continue to just put it all out there. Uh, I haven't noticed that it's really hurt my uh, angling career any at all, actually. Uh, but I love, like, talking to people at the ramps. If you go on my, my YouTube uh, channel, you'll see one I just posted of where – Corey Dreyer and I were talking to a couple of guys at the ramp, you know, and, you know, that's all a part of getting people into the sport. I, I get it at gas stations. I get it at yeah. boat ramps. I get it, you know, at restaurants, you know, people, they see your rig out there and they just, they, they're intrigued by it, you know, and, and those areas, you know, those, I said this on my channel, those chance encounters uh, can steer this sport in the right direction if you if you treat them right so you need to understand that you know that these people are genuinely interested if they're coming up and, and taking time out of their life to come up and, and learn about what it is that you're doing then you need to take the time you know to uh yeah. converse with them some and, and and let them know what what's out there and available for them and it'll get it, it's just good for the sport yeah, and I think like your sponsors, I remember that video, I was just watching it, where you at the end gave him a couple of cement um, soft plastics. Yeah. And those are one-on-one -on -one connections that go beyond 
um, just algorithms, you know, likes, yeah. um, shares and stuff like that it just goes beyond that. And that's something that like a company like Seaman is still going to appreciate. And yeah. I, and you touched on something interesting because there's a balance there. And I know there's going to be a dividing in opinion about this. Now, I understand you're not going to show techniques and breakdowns of a lake of a tournament you're about to fish and post it, you know, or before the tournament because you're not you doing yourself a favor right that i get i wouldn't do that yeah. Yeah. now i'm not i'm no expert tournament angler or even social media content creator but i think after that and i saw like uh again christine fisher posted one and and she had a post she met somebody on the water says yeah you're probably regretting posting that uh of the sesquahana river of using bus baits last year she says no not at all yeah. and and this is the point this is where the transition grows when you're when you're competing, yes, there's are certain information that you want to keep to yourself right. in a timely basis. Not you know, like I mentioned, not before the tournament. However, when you start getting sponsors into you to help you, you know, your livelihoods, help you, right? Uh, you know, with the cost of tournament fishing and traveling, the way to grow that is doing social media. What is going to attract social media? It's going to be information that you're going to provide that's going to help them be a better angler. You see what Gene Jensen has done in his career for uh, as a fluke master brand. So yeah. there's that balance where, hey, if I want to, if success is not just winning trophies. It's also bringing sponsorships to help you with the cost and help you maybe even make a living out of this. For right. that, you're going to have to put out information that people are going to say, oh, why are you putting out that information? Well, because people want to, people, people are going to watch Jody Quinn, not just for his good looks, right? But for his, for his knowledge, <laughs> for his knowledge and for what he brings and to learn. So there's a give and take right there. A great right. angler is still going to be a great angler. And if the sport, if that information just stays with this group of elite anglers, what's going to happen is only this, the name, the same names are going to come up every single time on every tournament and that gets, gets staled and it's gonna frustrate anybody that wants to get into that uh into the tournament says well what am i gonna do over there if i'm just donating money to this group of elite anglers that have this information to themselves so there's a balance to yeah. be strict now and, and not me to say where that balance lie where the line lies that's very personal but I think that, that that that's a conversation that each one of us has to have yeah. when we're talking about the growth of the sport as well as the growth of your brand. So you you got to kind of tip the balance toward the new person coming in. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you. There's some things that, that I won't reveal, you know, the day before the tournament, you know, like what I found, you know, or what uh, what areas I'm fishing or something like that. But, you know, it one thing about being a high profile angler is that most people out there already know what you're using anyway. You know, I mean, Corey and I were known as jackhammer guys. I mean, we throw jackhammers yeah. and I go by the philosophy that if you're on, on any given lake at any given time, somewhere on that lake is a jackhammer by it. It just, yeah. it just is. I mean, whether you find it or not is, is another thing, but you know, uh, plastics, macro disease, uh, you know, uh, shaky heads i love to throw shaky heads i love to throw spinner baits you know and those baits when people start following you and start you know like getting on your channel and stuff like that they they realize you know most of the time that's what you're throwing uh so 
that information is already out there. Uh, so you got to kind of tip it in the favor of the people that are coming into the sport in order to get them interested in it. Like you said, nobody wants to just go give up their money all the time. But if somebody is genuinely interested in getting into the sport, they're going to try learning from each of the Christine Fishers and the, and the Cody Milton's and the Russ Snyder's and the, you know, and the Guillermo Gonzalez's. They're going to, they're, they're going to search out those people and learn their techniques and they will get better. All of a sudden, you know, they'll, they'll turn up in the top five some some in some local tournament, and then all of a sudden they'll say, "Well, hey, I can I can go on to the big term." It's it is a it's a path that you got to take if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, and uh, so you surround yourself with you know successful people in the sport, and you'll and you'll pick it up. You know, subscribe to Christine Fisher. She she does does it better than just about anyone. You know, doing the live recaps and during the tournament. Yep. Uh, videos and stuff uh, you know you know you subscribe to those people and you're going to learn you will and you'll get better and you'll get better the competition is getting way stiffer right now in this sport yep. i mean i can see it coming and that's what's making room for these elite series so i mean there's going to be a time like in in kbf there's going to be a time when we're not even allowed to fish our the challenge series if you're in the in the elite series so mm-hmm. the it's 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 getting there, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but right now it's getting people into the sport, getting the sponsor's eyes turned our way. I mean, we want big non-endemic sponsors. We want the, the built bars and the, and the, the deck systems and the, you know, DZ who's already in the sport and does wonderful things. And, uh, you know, Toyota and Nissan, we want those big non-endemic sponsors yeah. to turn our way. And in order to do that, we're going to have to have, people in the sport we're going to have to have that elite series we're going to have to have you know you know qualifications we're going to have to have a bigger uh, base as far as ambassador series and kayak back mass nations and and we're going to have to have that on the local uh, part of it too we're going to have to have all of that uh, in order for this thing to get up to where we're you know the elite series is fishing for a hundred thousand dollars a a tournament you know fifty thousand dollars for a tournament and then 250 for a, a championship you know, that's that's where we want to be in the sport for the for the anglers who have you know dedicated their lives to it, and uh, it's not out of reach for anybody. No. But, you know, I think the, the the market is just not saturated, dude. I mean, there's room for all of it right now. Like you say, we're so we're so young, and and uh, the sport's growing so fast right now, and we got to keep that momentum and, and get people interested in it. Yeah, no, it, it, depth water. Everything right. has been so we can always, you know, there's there may be one little thing that happened that wasn't like we would have liked, but we can right. still, you know, mm-hmm. ignore that and just talk about the great things that happened and the great yep. ambassadors for the sport like yourself. And that's a great point that you mentioned, because if if we all if this if as elite anglers if we try to keep it just. Oh, no, it's, this is just it's just for us. Right. It's not going to grow. Sponsors on the on, um, not endemic sponsors, not going to get involved the names are not going to change it's it's not going to be it's you know you're not you're not going to be able to get um the growth of the sport both in the uh, popularity and money which one yeah. is tied to the other so that's right. a great point and, and, and if you're you know like you say if you're doing this and you're keeping all the the information to yourself and you're and you're not sharing and you're not you know interacting with the, with the public and you're not 
doing all those things, then you're doing it for yourself. Yeah. You know, I, and there's nothing wrong with, with that. If that's what you want, then yeah. I'm okay too. I'm, I'm not like that. I want, I want to see the sport grow. I want to be a part of, of the progression of the sport. And, and so does Christine Fisher and Guillermo and, and all those guys that are, that are fishing at the, at the level that they're fishing at right now. They want this to, to progress because it's what we do, you know. It's a. Uh, it's this is my life. This is what I do for a living. This is you know, so we have to share that information. If not, we're just doing it. We're just doing it for ourselves, you know. Yeah. And the more people that get into it and can make a living out of it, yes. the more money you make. Even if you're not winning a tournament, now as when it becomes more accessible to people to make a living out of it, guess what? For those that are already doing it, like yourself, it makes it even more easier to win out of it. Even if there's more competition, it makes it just easier because that means more money is coming into the sport, more sponsorship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So talking a little bit now about the tournaments, I've you've had a very lustrous career when it comes to kayak fishing, in my opinion, and I've had Ryan Lambert. Um, on my podcast not that long ago, and we were talking about who we think were the best anglers right now. My vote, I'm, I'll be honest with you, not because I have you here, but I said I think Jody Quinn. Um, oh, it's, 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 it's just because of not just at the moment, but what you've done over the last couple of years yeah. in the kayak fishing community. How would you describe your career? How do you see yourself as a tournament angler? And where do you rank yourself? You know, it's, you know, I, I don't get into like ranking myself. I think it's kind of embarrassing, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I just try to get out there and do the best I, I can do. I think, I do think that, you know, right now I'm, I'm, I'm at the top of, of the game, I guess, of the list of some of the top anglers, uh, my name is always in there. Very fortunate to do what I do and, and very fortunate to have the people that support me. Uh, but, you know, when I started this thing, I was 50 years old when I started this thing. And this, this speaks to the accessibility of the sport. You know, when I first started doing this, what really got me into kayaks was the, the Virginia DNR. Uh, they had a program about six years ago, they were running kayaks and checking licenses. You know, people, I was a weight fisherman at the time and I was checked three or four times by, by some DNR agents, you know, that, you know, check, checking licenses and stuff. And I just got to talking to them about the kayaks and seeing how they, they had their rigs and all their stuff in it. And it was really neat. So I, I went and bought a kayak and I was hooked, you know, uh, you know, people like Drew Gregory, who designed the, the, the Kusa, which was my first boat. Uh, I mean, they, you know, just to be mentioned in the same uh, arena with those guys is, is very humbling uh, because I pretty much came from nothing. But uh, I won my first tournament and I knew I was hooked. That was it. You know, the first tournament I ever fished, I won it. And, and I went home and told my wife, I said, I, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And she immediately got behind me. And without her support, I don't think, you know, I would be here today. Uh, but that's very important to have that support uh, factor uh, if you're going to do this full time like I do. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I have been, you know, I really don't look at the disappointments. That I'm disappointed. You know, I, I was 
I'm poised to take the angle of the year this year. I had a bad first day, which I had 86 inches. And I, I knew right then, you know, I'm probably not going to get angle of the year because they were whacking them on a different leg. And, you know, but you don't, you don't dwell on that. Mm-hmm. I've been in that position before last year. I mean, I was up there. I'm, I've made the 10. This is my fifth time making the 10. So, you know, my consistency is what I pray for. You know, I want, I'd like to be consistently first, but it doesn't work that way. So I just, I try, I try not to dwell on that. You know, I, I fish a tournament. I do the best I can. I leave it all out there on the lake. And then I just, I move on to the next tournament. And that's all you can do. I mean, if you, if you let that get in your head and seep into your head, you'll get into a rut and, and you just, you'll get frustrated and then you make bad decisions, you know, and so you just try to put it behind you. And plus, you know, like Guillermo, man, he is a really good friend of mine. I love Guillermo. He is just a, like you say, he's a great human being. Uh, Cody Milton, he's one of my favorites. I, I love him. They're great representatives of the sport and they're great people away from the sport too. So, you know, that helps too. Just being here doing what I'm doing is, is, is enough for me. I mean, I've won a few things that, that kind of set me apart and I'm lucky for that, but, uh, I'm just, a, I'm just another angler to me. Uh, I just can't wait. I just can't wait till the next one. You <laughs> see, man, and I'm looking forward to the team and, uh, you know, that's all I'm looking forward to. I so, mean, and to qualify five, five years in a row now, you said for the 10, that's not, that's, that's impressive. Well, I, me and Josh Stewart are tied for the most uh, qualifications for the 10. So that is impressive because that's not easy to qualify with. We, we talk about the uh, KBF, you know, and not KBF on the Hobie BOS and the TOC, you know, how hard yeah. it is to qualify. But I mean, the 10 is probably even harder because it's less. Um, and there's yeah, so many people. Fishing KBF it's now. Very, very. It's it's very elite. I mean, this is the top ten in points, and there's no way around it. I mean, it, it just is what it is. You know, I think what really uh, attributes a lot of that success is time on the water, though, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you notice that some of the people that are always in the ten or always in the TOC, they spend a pretty good amount of time on the water, so they know what's going on, and and. Uh, I think that's a big thing in this sport is having that time on the water. So uh, if anybody's listening out there, I, I suggest you spend some time on the water because you learn things, man. Yeah. You, know, you learn things. I, I think YouTube and podcasts um, like the Bass Fishing for Noobs, um, the one we have on Paddle and Fin that's for like, you know, teaching yeah. techniques. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great um base right a foundation for what you're learning and then time on the water is when you learn really how to apply it and right. if, if right. it applies to the body of water they yeah when they, you get on the water fishing, it's yeah. that aha moment you know that's yeah. what and you catch that fish using the technique that you that you've seen on youtube and, and you catch a fish using that technique that's the aha. oh i get it i get it now yeah you know, i mean and that's and that's the way to do it man there's all kinds of information out there that's a vast amount of information on fishing out there if you if you take the time to look it up and then when you can apply it, that's when it starts. You get better and better and better, you know. And it, it is interesting for me, and I and I am no elite tournament angler or anything like that, but going through the uh kind of like the 
um, bluegrass trails that, here local in Texas, just watching my progression, going from skunking the first three events till the fourth event, actually catching one and having come off my board to then catching two to catching three and then to came up, up second on a, on Lake Fork. Uh, that, it there's no like moment that things like, oh, it clicked. Oh, now it clicked. No, it's just a progression that little by little you start seeing the effects. There's no... There's no like, oh, yes, epiphany moment. This is how it's yeah. done. No, it's just little yeah. progression and progression. And something yeah. might click for the, um, like for me, it was fishing on spawning season. That yeah. kind of clicked for me this year. But right. that's only a small window for like right. two right. weeks. What about the rest of the year? So yeah, it's, that, it's, you know, it's, it's progression. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a lot of experience of being there. You know, you might learn how to use a, a worm or a one time and say, oh, I get it. And you might use a spinnerbait the next time. Oh, I get it. And when the, it's that accumulative knowledge and experience, you know, that, that makes you a great angler. You, but it all takes time on the water. Yeah. And, and going back to what you mentioned on the Susquehanna River on 2020, I mean, that I listened to that and that's still that of all the podcasts that I've listened to, I think that's the one that I I remember more that's ingrained into my oh. he, my memory. It's just you talking about how you changed the blades on yep. the spinnerbait and how you um, casting it and retrieving it. And I'm like, man, there is no YouTube video that's going to tell you that that is knowledge and that's that it factor that only comes when you're out there on the yeah. water. There's yeah. no other way. And just kind of like experimenting. Oh, like, let me see this. You know, I, and you mentioned something like the jackhammer. I've, yes. I've forced myself not to throw a jackhammer because yeah. like I had Jake Harshman on my podcast saying it'll make a, a above, ang above average angler out of mediocre angler and i'm leaving proof of that you know before i started throwing jackhammers i would struggle to get a bite now uh, i can get five bites and it's yeah. great but it's also it's like i don't want to get stuck in just one bait you know as effective as yeah. it is i want to learn so sometimes i just purposely i'm gonna leave the box of jackhammers on the garage and i'm not gonna even take them so i can learn you know and expand my knowledge yeah so it's easy to get caught up in uh yeah. A bait man you know if you're if you're just starting out and you and you pick up i can remember the year of the whopper plopper i mean everybody was catching them on a whopper plopper i mean it was just and we were wearing the fish out and then it started slowing down and but there's a lot of people who continue continue to throw them when they should have been throwing something else so it's easy it's easy to get caught up in a bait and try to force the bite uh, mm -hmm. so you gotta you know you gotta learn to know when to put it down i mean there's there's been a couple of turns. I love to throw a jackhammer. That's one of my favorite bases to throw, and, it, and anybody can tell you that. I mean, but there's times when I they're just not hitting it, or I'm just can't figure out what it, how they want it, or something like that. And you and you need to uh, you need to make adjustments. Making adjustments is one of the most important things about this business, man. You got to be able to make adjustments and make the right ones. Uh, so yeah, don't. Don't get caught up and try to force the bite a lot of times with, with these baits, even though. Kinda, 
it kind of, I don't know why, uh, uh, it reminded me of uh, Kenny Rogers and that song, The Gambler. You got to know when to hold and when to fold yeah. them. I don't know why that popped into my mind, but that really does apply. You know, you got to know. Analogy fits. Man. <laughs> yeah, analogy fits. So going into the um, TOC, Jody, what... Um, what are you looking forward to the most? I know we talked on the pre-show. You haven't fished that lake. You you know, you're going to learn about that lake when you pre-fish it. So you don't have any history with the lake. Right. But, I mean, when you look at the lake and look at the competition, I yeah. mean, without obviously giving out techniques and stuff like that, how do you, you know, how do you see this shaping up for you? And what do you think you have to, like, work on or, you know, well, you know what's your thought process? Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to put a GPS tracker on Guillermo and then... <laughs> probably a good idea <laughs> no man you know i mean it's it's one of those lakes it's a it's a pretty shallow lake and i fished a lot of these lakes before alabama lakes and you know you go into it i go into it with some knowledge of comparison you know you can compare these lakes to some of, some of the other shallow lakes that you fish like actually the lake i just came off of which is down at caddo it it's it's a shallow lake but it's got a lot of sight yeah. in it now, from what I, I've done the research on 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 the you file, and I'm still in the middle of researching it, is like the lower end of the lake. I think it has a lot of brush piles and stuff. And I've talked to a few people that say, you know, you know, this time of the year is a good time to hit the brush piles. Uh, uh, the middle of the lake, I heard, fish is a little bit different than the rest of the lake. And the head of the lake, of course, you got the you know, uh, what is that that runs into it? The Choctahatchee, or what is that? Chattahoochee feeds it. Chattahoochee, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you can get up and do the river fishing thing, which I'm sure Drew Gregory's probably going to be with one of them creeks, you know, but uh, Drew's a hammer man that he loves a paddle. So you got, you know, there's a, a lot of different things I'm going to have to check when I get there, but I'm not going to rule out shallow water. There's always, you know, fish in shallow water. And the thing about shallow water fish is they're usually there for a reason. So, I mean, most of the fish that, that are running shallow are, are active fish. Uh, the time of the year, I mean, it could be cool. Have a few cool nights down there. It could put the put them in on the shad and start schooling some. I mean, it's just it's just something you, I'm gonna have to check out when I get there, you know. But I'm gonna have all of that that in my head when I get there and try to try to do as much of it as I can, and hopefully I'll stumble onto a good pattern. Uh, just gotta get out there and and eliminate water. Yeah. Know? Yeah, I was watching, like I said, I was watching your YouTube channel today. That's one of the things that I like when you mentioned about, um, can't remember the lake you were fishing, but um, you you didn't catch anything. And you're like, well, it's not a bad thing. Actually, it might be a good thing. Now I know this body of water will eliminate it. So right. we're going to move on to the next body of water for the next day of pre-fishing. Right. And I think that, to me, that's kind of like what I struggle with because I don't, being fishing regional tournaments, you know, I don't get that much time to go pre-fish two or three. Right times a day and right. i think that is so important being able to pre-fish mm -hmm. like i me myself i can't Maybe. find a i don't know how it is i don't know how to pre-fish yeah. i guess it's what i'm trying to say you know and that's such an important part of any tournament angler as an evolution of a tournament angler what's going to get you better is being able right. to pre-fish you know especially when you're talking about tournaments that are like two or three days now because now you really have to have knowledge because yeah. Basically, the key is keeping catching 15 right. fish, and you only right. get one day to catch five, two second day, you catch five. So, right. every day you have to catch five. And if you're right. not 
you know, it's very different when it's a one-day tournament. If you didn't pre-fish it, you kind of, you know, you can't, as, as anglers, we kind of know where the fish hang out at each time yeah. of the year. Now, we don't know it specifically, but when you're not, if you're one-day tournament, you can stumble upon them, have a great day, and, you know, take take the win. Right. But when we're talking about two or three tournaments, you now have to have a knowledge, especially three-day tournaments, which is what the TOC and the national championship was. It's you really have to have not, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D as far as spots and baits, and that only comes with pre-fishing. Absolutely. So, so yeah, I mean, on a three-day tournament or, you know, like the TOC two-day or three-day tournament, you got to have you got to have that fit. Uh, amount of fishing there that's going to sustain you for those three days and yeah you're right you have to have backup plans but what you can do to kind of uh, give yourself a little bit of an edge is is the areas that you're fishing like sometimes when i do my research and again this is the stuff that i do i mean it might not work for everybody but i use google earth a lot and yeah. uh, you can go back and do the histories you know of google earth and find out when there's low water uh times and you can find a lot of cover that way but one of the big things you know like on navionics you can find areas that contain the type of structure where fish can hold at in any given given day or in any given conditions like uh try to find areas that that have a, a big flat you know with maybe some timber on it or lay downs or something on it but also in that same area, try to try to add, you know, a, a deep channel that runs out, some channel swings that you might have to travel to get to a little bit, long points, 45 degree banks or whatever. Try to try to find areas of, of the lake when you're pre-fishing that have all of those things. So you can check them, you know, all at one time. And if you find an area that has all those things and you're not catching fish on anything, you're not catching fish off points, then you better get up and move and, and go to a different area and just, and just because you've eliminated that water. So if you can pull into a ramp and say, okay, I'm going to, you know, I know there's a big flat here and you can hit that flat and, and you don't do no good on it and you can hit a channel swing and you don't do that good on it, or you hit uh, points or, or steep banks and you don't do that good on it. You know, you've eliminated that water. You know, the other part is figuring out the right baits for those areas. You know, on flats, I love to throw a, a jackhammer on flats and on wood and, uh, you know, lay downs or whatever that are laying in open flats are usually big fish magnets. Uh, yep. If I'm running a, uh, if I'm, you know, running steep banks and points, I mean, a, a jig is always good to have tied on. You can you can throw that. You know, if you're a crank, cranking guy, you can throw some crankbaits this time of the year, usually kicking up and you can run them, them crankbaits down those rocky banks and stuff. And uh, you can, uh, you know, flip to lay downs or whatever. There's, there's a lot of different things you can cover in, in, a, in a day or in an area like that if you have it all at your fingertips. Yeah, and that's a great point because I think once you get to the elite level, especially when we're talking about um, this group of guys and girls that are at the elite level, it's not only do you have to learn how to fish, you have to learn how to pre-fish. <laughs> yeah. That's what you touched on something that's, yeah. I think it's probably the most underrated part yeah. about tournament fishing. It's like, okay, you know the body of water, but you got to learn. And that that's, I mean, again, that's why I love hearing you because you touch on a gem right there that kind of like to me is like, yeah, mind blown. Never thought about that. When you're going to pre-fish, 
It's not like, okay, I'm going to this body of water, let me pre-fish it. No, let's find an area where it holds, yep. you know, like you said, like a bend, a flat yep. structure, and I'll start pre-fishing that area because that yep. area is more accessible. And if it doesn't work, then you go to plan B. I've never would have thought about that. Well, <laughs> and that is that is pretty awesome things, information. One, one of the big things about that, the reason why I do that is, and as kayak anglers, we don't have the luxury of picking up and running 30 miles to check yeah. out the area. So we have to be really, really uh, careful with the amount of time we spend in these areas mm -hmm. because we have to, we have to load up and move to another ramp. And, you know, and I do that a lot. Sometimes I'll come in after spending the morning somewhere. And if I don't do no good, I'll go to another morning in the afternoon or another place in the afternoon. So, you know, kayak anglers are way more intimate with the areas that they, that they, yeah that they fished than, than most than, than most of the boats because we, we don't have that luxury of picking up and moving. So, you know, figure out the area, figure out the spots in the area. I mean, even like the brush piles on you, Fallow, those are a lot of those are man-made. The man-made uh, cover comes into it also. So just try to try to get all that, make a list, try to get all that in your head of what you want to do and try to, you know, try to get it. You might, find the pattern before you get through all of them. You might say, oh, wow, I've got it now. And you might not have to go to those other spots. But generally, you need to check all, all the, uh, the cover that's available to you in those areas. Yeah, that is, like I said, um, information gold when it comes to learning how to fish and tournament fish. It's, I appreciate it. Yeah. Jody, I know you, you, like I said, you're a busy man. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, we've already been talking for a few minutes and almost an hour. Um, so I really appreciate It's an honor to have you on my podcast. I really appreciate the time. I wanted to go over for um, a real quick question because I've been meaning to ask this, um, and I'm glad I have you on because I think you're one of the uh, best persons to ask this. When we talk about sports, you know, you see in contact sports, whether it's one-on-one -on -one sports like tennis or team sports like soccer, football, yep. and uh, basketball, you see players at least that have that it, it factor, you know, that clutch gene, so to speak, yep. the Mamba mentality. I'm not a Lakers fan, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. you know, I respect Kobe. Kayak fishing is different because it's not just one-on-one, -on -one, you against Joe uh, Guillermo Rosnider or Drew yep. Gregory. It's also you against the Bass. Yeah. Do you think there's such a thing as a clutch gene when it comes to kayak fishing? The reason why I ask this is like you've been victimized, for example, like with Guillermo <laughs> Gonzalez. You had 109 inches and that kid yeah. 17 yeah. minutes ago and he puts up 110 inches. Yeah. I was watching the TOC and watching the TOC. I noticed I'm a big numbers guy and I noticed Guillermo mm -hmm. had a couple of 20s and about three mm -hmm. 18s. And I saw Cody Milton had a couple of 20s and he had a 116. And I posted on KBN, it's like, Cody is gonna, he only needs half an inch and a half to upgrade. He's gonna take the lead at some point and time is running out. Cause it was a given the way um, that uh, national championship was fishing that he was gonna upgrade that 16 inch, which was a lot easier than Guillermo trying to upgrade an 18 inch. You yeah. Know, cause so I saw when I didn't see I saw when Cody upgraded and then Guillermo clutch again kind of upgraded. When you see what Guillermo is doing, and other anglers are doing. Do you think there's such a thing as a clutch <laughs> or an ick factor when when for some anglers? I you know I don't think it's genetic. I think it's 
I think it's knowing the area you're in and knowing what your capabilities are within that area. I mean, you know, uh, case in point, when we were down there fishing there at Fort Worth in the, in the KBF down there, and I had 109 inches. Uh, when Guillermo was coming back down the bank, he, he, he happened to hit a spot that had, had those big fish and he just, and he loaded up on them. And that's the way it happens. You know, uh, in this last tournament, when I was uh, fishing, uh, I was like on day two, I think I was, I upgraded like eight inches in the last 20 minutes. And on, and on day three, I, I upgraded six inches in the last 20 minutes. So it's just, it's, I think it's more attitude. Never give up. Like Iconelli says, never give up. There's a lot mm -hmm. of truth in that. Uh, Guillermo never gives up and yep. Cody Milton never gives up. And I, I tell you, one of the biggest comeback guys in the business and is, is Corey Dreyer. I've seen him come back from, man, you just think there's no way. And in the last 10 minutes, I seen him catch a fish in the last 30 seconds and get a picture of it. He had three seconds left in the tournament and got, his, got that picture in and, and ended up winning that tournament. And it's just, it's guys like that who just don't have the quit in them you know uh maybe it is a competitive gene but but you can't stop what you're doing and worry about oh well you know I, there's no way i can do that or there's no way i can do that because you're most of these lakes you're one cast away from a five or six or seven pounder anyway yep. so you got it you got to stay on it keep doing what you're doing and you know that tournament well i'll never forget that tournament but it's not yeah. because, it's not because that I lost the tournament and came in second. I feel like I won that tournament. I mean, yeah. I, I had an 11 pound fish in that tournament and I spent the last hour just, you know, just basically I didn't really fish the last probably 45 minutes of that tournament, you know? Uh, so it went to somebody who I admire and somebody who I think deserved it. And, you know, we're good friends, Guillermo, and, and if I'm going to lose to somebody, I just assume it be him as, as anybody. So uh, you win some, you lose some. You're not going to win them all. And uh, as long as you get out and do your best, it doesn't matter if you come in eighth, ninth, tenth, or second. I can, I've had three or four second-place finishes this year. Last year I had three or four first-place finishes. You know, it just it's just – you just got to keep grinding, man. You just got to keep grinding. Casey Reed's a good friend of mine, man. He's another hammer. And and he's been on the bubble for the 10, I think, three times. He's been 11th. He came in 11th again this year trying to qualify for the 10. And, you know, and you talk to him, he's like, I'm going to get it next year. I'm going to get it next year. It's that mental attitude and mental fortitude you have to have to just keep going, man. You just got to keep grinding and, and know that you're doing the best that you can do, and it's going to pay off. It will come back to you. No, definitely. And props to you, Jody, because when I was fishing that tournament, I was looking at the leaderboard like 30 minutes before, um, and I noticed 
Um, they never took the leaderboard out, which I thought was awesome. Yeah. That worked perfect for yeah. that tournament. Yeah. Um, and I noticed you were ahead, and I know you were fishing. Not you parked in the same boat ramp that I yeah. was kind of fishing the same general area. So I was like, yeah. man, I want to, I want to meet Jody and congratulate him. As I see you loading up, I'm paddling through you, and I let, take the look at the leaderboard, thinking there's no way nobody got more than 109. <laughs> And I was like, oh, shoot, Guillermo just <laughs> upgraded. Now he's 110. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, well, that's going to change my conversation with Jody. Yeah. And you were still all smiles. Like, yeah. I remember going to you. I'm like, ah, Jody, you feel bad. He's like, I'm not. I'm not. You were smiling from ear to ear. I'm like, I would see smiling right now. <laughs> that, was what, that was the best day. You know, the only thing that came close was I had a tournament uh, in the Pro Series uh, last year where I had 100 inches, 100 and a half inches in like 45 minutes. That day was better than that day. I mean, I, I it 109 inches in a tournament, what did I have to be sad about? You know? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, you know, and I mean, it was uh, – and that 11-pounder, I, I mean, it's just – it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh there was nothing that was going to take that away from me. Even if I, it was coming in second, uh, I felt like I won anyway. So, you know, like I say, Guillermo, he deserved it. And he deserves all the accolades and everything he does, man. He's, he's, a, he's a great human being. And I wish him all the success in the world. And you know what? I know that he wishes me the same thing. So, yeah, uh, you know, and that's what makes this sport what it is, man, you know. It's the camaraderie between between the anglers and, and, you know, you see an angler broke down on the side of the road, you stop, you do this, yeah. you do that, you see people at the ramp, you, you try to help out. You, I mean, it's just it's, – it's a good feeling to be surrounded by, uh, you know, yeah. the people that are in this sport. When you're out there fishing, you know somebody's got your back 99.9% .9 of the time, you know. So uh, you just got to keep going, man. Keep grinding. And look forward to the. I'm looking forward to the next season after after the TOC here. I'm going to try to focus on that, and uh, whatever happens there happens. But I've got another tournament after that, and another tournament after that, and another tournament after that. So, you know, I just don't. You can't dwell on the past. Yeah. Um, amnesia comes in handy when, especially when you're having having a bad trail. You know. Yeah. Just forget it and just hop, right. you know. That's right. Get on that right. horse and. Try it again. I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm never disappointed. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Or I'm not saying that I never get frustrated. I just, you have to recognize that that's what you are and then just move yeah. on from it because it'll eat a hole in you if you dwell if on you, it. If you're not frustrated, um, I don't yeah. think you're really having success. You're being complacent. I think right. at some point you yeah. have to be frustrated because yeah. you're yeah. not always gonna win so it's yeah. it's it's a good thing it's a healthy thing um, it is. It's, it's, healthy. it's a yin, yin to the yang kind of thing that's right that's right that's the balance yep. yeah jody we're so honored in the kayak fishing community and the tournament thing to have you um you know again you're a great ambassador to the sport um, well thank you so much i appreciate that we're lucky to have you and i know with people like you on the sport this would it's i mean the the sky's the ceiling for this sport, you know. So we thank you for all you're doing, the social media, uh, the community, um, and the tournament. We love what you're doing on the water. You're also a great angler, somebody we look up to on and off the water. I know I've had you for almost an hour, and I really want to give you a few minutes for you to thank your sponsors. I know you've thanked your wife. You probably want to thank her again. So I'll yeah. leave you a few minutes for that, man. If Whoever you want to thank her, just go ahead. Uh, man, uh, you know, 
since I've started this thing, I have a few sponsors that have really supported me, like Yak Attack. I mean, you know, if it twists or turns or screws or holds something or you're dipping that or your or your lights, it's all Yak Attack for me. And those guys have always been there for me. And they make great products. Uh, uh, big shout out to them. Uh, Z-Man Baits. <laughs> you know, in the last two years, man, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's pretty much the only baits that I use, you know, yep. very few situations where I'm not using a Z-Man product and they've done really well for me. Catch boards, Duke West camp, man, he makes, you know, he's, he's an innovator. Uh, uh, not one of my sponsors, but uh, Danny Romero, he makes the, uh, the trailers that on the water in, innovations, man, they're great trailers. Uh, he's not one of my sponsors, but you know, I like to give a shout out to, to good products. NRS, they're not one of my sponsors, but I give them a shout out because they make great products. And of course, cash and rods, man. I mean, uh, you know, their attention to detail. I, Corey and I have we got this new line of rods that are that are coming out. Uh, it's called the Kayak Series, and uh, you can check them out at cashingrods.com. Uh, but we had a hand in designing these rods, and they have listened to us on every turn, and we have sent prototype after prototype back, and they're probably. I know they're aggravated with us, but we don't want to put out something that's not right. And the, and the new Chattergrass rod that's coming out is, it's going to be money, dude. It's going to be money. I've been using the prototype for a year and a half and I've tried every way in the world to break that rod. I've high stick fish. I've run it into docks and everything. And, and the action is perfect for heavy grass. It is a technique specific, technique specific rod for heavy grass like Gunnersville and, and uh, South Florida and Kissimmee and Bellsmere and those real heavy areas of grass. Give them a try, man. I'm sure you won't dis be disappointed. A uh, big shout out to all the series, Bass, Hobie, KBF. I mean, those guys are, are, are leading the way for, you know, uh, anglers like me, and their hard work is is what keeps me going. Uh, and Dakota Lithium, who powers all my electronics, my lights on my boats and stuff, and, uh, you know, they're just a great company. Got the best warranty in the business. I mean, there's good products, you know, I won't get behind anything that I don't think is a good product. So that's why I don't have a whole lot of sponsors. I just have a real a good set of sponsors. Uh, yeah. Then um, I think that's about it. <laughs> huh. That's, I mean, you've earned, you've earned every single bit of those sponsors, man, with what you do again on and off the water. Uh, they they should all be proud of having you on their team. So I'm well, lucky I'm to have you on their part team. So. Of, of the sport, man. Thank you so much, Jody. Jody, again, uh, thank you. We talked for an hour, so I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Hey, uh, man, you know, we'll, we look forward to what you do on the TOC and the 10, man. Good luck to everything that you do, not this year, but moving forward. And yep. uh, again, can't thank you enough. For those out there listening, thank you again so much for joining the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. If you made it this far, please, if you're going to be on the water, stay safe, wear your PFDs, and have a great day. Thank you, everyone. Jody, again, thank you, man. Yes, I, sir. Thank you.